Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. I have Lucy on today's episode. She is a TikToker. We are also on TikTok. You can find Lucy at Guru Lulu on TikTok. She is 19 years old. So Lucy's mom is really interested in betrayal trauma stuff and has been talking to her about this. And because Lucy is 19 and dating, she's been thinking about this in relation to her mother. And so I thought it might be fun to have a fellow TikToker on. Again, she's at Guru Lulu, and we are on TikTok at btr.org, so you can find us there. We don't often have 19-year-old women on the podcast, so I'm happy to have her here. But we do have a lot of women who are in relationships that are emotionally and psychologically abusive, and they are concerned about their kids. So Lucy had a video go viral on TikTok about this. And so that's why we thought, well, this will kind of be a fun thing to talk about. So Lucy, as you're dating, what red flags do you look for when you consider dating somebody? Yeah, I have, let's see, I have 10 written down. And the first one is if he can't hold a deep conversation Two, if he's on his phone a lot when y'all are together instead of interacting with you. Three, if he does not let you have his phone passcode and or freaks out when you go near his phone because that typically means that he has something to hide. Some will say that's a violation of his privacy, but oh my gosh, considering all the perversion, corruption, and trouble someone can get into... With one click of their thumb on the internet, I mean, you better believe I'm going to need access to your phone. And if we were in the same room right now and you asked for my phone passcode, I would give it to you because I don't think that phones were made to be these little boxes of our hidden secret worlds. And I don't know, if you don't have anything to hide, I think that you should share that. Number four, if he is not health conscious, if he does not eat well and or exercise five if the guy you're into has issues and is claiming that he will change for you it doesn't it never works out move on number six if he doesn't respond well to you on your bad days does he manipulate the situation 
does he gaslight? Take note to how he reacts to your reactions. Number seven, if his words don't match his actions. Number eight, aggressive jealousy. Nine, he has no goals for himself, doesn't believe in anything important and or lacks healthy hobbies. And number 10, he's overly dependent on you and doesn't have other close relationships. (laughs) Those are really good. How have those helped you thus far? Yeah, so actually, I've never dated before. Oh! (laughs) So, that being said, I'm yet to meet a guy who fills all those. You have not been able to implement your list yet. But also, I'm not really looking to date right now either. Like, I'm not on the lookout for a relationship. You know, I'm 19, I'm pursuing my surfing and my music and all this other stuff, so... Like, in the defense of men, I'm not on the search for a relationship <laughs> right now. I like it. Not that I, you know, don't want that in the future, but, you know, I just don't think that that needs to be my priority right now. I don't know if it ever needs to be a priority. Yeah, I And the, the reason I say that is because if you fill your own life with things that you love and goals that you have and someone comes along and they are like kind and they're your friend and he's respectful and all of that right then it would happen naturally but like Mm -hmm. actually seeking it out seems a bit dangerous to me because it feels vulnerable when you're trying to find something when you feel like you're lacking something because it's very easy for someone to step into that place and say oh well I can be that for you Mm -hmm. they may or may not have those qualities And so it's a vulnerable place to try and go look for something. I think it's much safer to just live your own life. I want to say keep your head down and focused on your own goals, but hold your head up and Mm -hmm. focus on your own goals, right? You don't don't need to keep your head down or anything. I like that. I absolutely agree with all that. Yeah, 100%. Now, knowing that you have not dated before, if that came about for you, and let's just say you began dating... What red flags would make you end a relationship? Are those same things on your list or do you have other things? No. So the ones that I just talked about and went over are more so ones that would make me put my guard up and maybe hold back a little bit. Things that I would just kind of look out for, but not necessarily end it right there and then because, you know, there is different situations and scenarios. You know what I mean? As dating progresses, what red flags would I look out for? I've got five that I wrote down. (laughs) I've got a lot of red flags. So number one, if he has addictions that are undealt with and current, whether that's alcohol addiction, pornography addiction, drug use, or smoking, or anything like that, and also an untreated mental illness such as bipolar or a personality disorder or something like that. So You may not know, right? They might have an addiction or a personality disorder, or they might just be abusive and blame it on that stuff. Yeah. So that's something to think about that, like, if somebody has a personality disorder or someone has an addiction, you might not find out about it for years or you may never find out about it. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Maybe you can keep that on your list, but also adding the behaviors, even if you don't know about the addiction or the personalities or that they lie, (laughs) you know, stuff like that might be another thing you want to consider. 
even talking to other women who have dealt with a man who has addictions and talking with other women and other people who do know the signs, I think is a really good thing to do as far as making sure you do see the signs of somebody who has an addiction, hearing from other people who have dealt with that. And number two is he does not have control over his sex drive. And this is like (laughs) culture, like what? That's impossible. You know what I mean? But, you know, I believe pornography is one of the most devastating things that ever hit humanity. And I could go on and on about this topic alone. Genuinely, people's lack of self-control over their sexual urges has caused more destruction in my life than anything else by far. So if a man watches porn or has a history of watching porn and has not seriously addressed it and recovered from that, that is a deal breaker for me because I just, I can't have any more destruction in my life caused by that specific thing. So that is a huge one for me. That is awesome. (laughs) It's not popular, but. Talk about that because you're on, you're on TikTok and you're a surfer, right? So you're in your swimsuit because that's what you wear when you're a surfer, right? And you're, (laughs) and you're 19 and you're super cute. So talk about like, what kind of pushback you get on TikTok for having that stance? Um, so honestly, not a whole lot. Um, I haven't posted a lot on this specifically for one reason is because TikTok takes down videos that are too harsh or whatever, which is really annoying. But the video that I did post about dating and my standards, I honestly, I got more positive comments than negative. So number three... If a man remains in a toxic relationship with other people such as friends, work partners, or family, and if he's close to dangerous, narcissistic, um, abusive people, because that always ends up affecting the people that they're close to, is if they're in other toxic relationships. And so unless he has set very firm boundaries that keep both him and the woman that he's interested in safe from that toxic abusive person unless he has boundaries around them serious boundaries that is a deal breaker as well did your mom help you write these or these things you just came up with or talk about how you how you came up with these lists no she didn't help me write these specifically as I was in my kitchen writing them down but her and I do have a lot of very juicy conversations about all this types of stuff so I feel like we kind of bounce ideas off of each other so did she help me specifically write these down no but yes she did absolutely impact my view on all this and she did help me and give me ideas if I missed something she said like oh you should add this or that and I was like oh you're right but no I I completely wrote these down because I have so much to say on this stuff so it was pretty easy for me to come up with some juicy opinions. (laughs) Real quick before a response, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there, but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue, or they try to quote unquote treat both the abuser and the victim in the same setting, which is unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org slash group. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. 
I'm 45. When I was 19, my list was like, he's cute. He is active in my church. He wants to have a good job. And he's not abusive. That was about it. Just like a general, like, he's not a jerk kind of stuff. But trying to figure out who was a jerk and who wasn't a jerk was more difficult because I didn't understand gaslighting. I didn't understand grooming. I didn't understand manipulation and all the other stuff. So it it was easy to see who was just an obvious jerk. It was harder to see, and it is for women, you know, of all ages, and all the women listening to this podcast are like, yeah, it's harder to see that grooming when they have a goal of like coercive control. Then it's almost impossible to really view it for what it is unless you know what you're looking for. And also that you give it time, that you observe and don't listen to their words, that you have enough time to observe their behaviors. And that's what you're talking about. So that's awesome. You know, there's a difference between a nice guy and a good guy. (laughs) And I kind of learned that a while ago is, you know, sometimes a guy can act really nice, but there's those other really important aspects to a good guy that make him dateable and honestly marriage material. My sister's husband is a really good guy. I respect him. He's a really good dad. He's a very good husband, but he doesn't strike people anywhere as nice yeah I've thought about that quite a bit like his top priority is his wife and his kids and he's not so worried about you know what people at church think of him or you know he's he's nice at his job I'm not saying he's like a jerk but he just that's not his top priority image management and making sure people think he's a good guy is not even on his radar. Yeah, I love that. And I know men like that as well. I can totally resonate with what you're saying because I do know a handful of good men who aren't bubbly and huggy, but they're actually genuinely good men behind closed doors and with their wives and family. And for women in abusive relationships, it's the opposite, right? They go out and their husband is just nice and everyone thinks he's a great guy, but behind closed doors, just Things don't feel right. Things are off. And he might even be, quote unquote, nice at home, but he's lying and manipulating. And so it just doesn't feel right, even if it seems nice, even if he's not like screaming and yelling or something like that. So you had a video go viral. In that video, you shared why you aren't willing to settle for less than you deserve in a partner. Why do you think that video went viral? I think my views on dating... (laughs) And my standards and boundaries are pretty drastic for this day and age. I think a lot of people hear my standards and opinions on dating and they think I'm ridiculous, expect too much, and specifically expect too much out of boys and men. I think people are also thirsty for a new take and opinion on dating because over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And that's, that's a scary statistic. I mean, that's one out of two. I think clearly we're doing something wrong because relationships, they don't always work out and it's it's sad to see. So I think ultimately that video did well because even though they're drastic, it's a new perspective. I think deep down we all want that kind of relationship that lasts and ultimately just believe in going back to that original plan for men and women to live holy, fulfilling lives. And I think deep down, all people want that. When you say it's drastic and it's different and it's new, 
What is your perception of what other people your age view as their dating standards? Like, do they have any at all or, or they just have sex? What's your perception of how other people your age who don't have the same standards as you, their view on things? I don't think people go into dating having very high standards. And I think that sets them up for failure because I heard something once that said, if you don't believe in anything, you fall for anything or something like that. And this is such a sexualized culture. And I mean, pornography, masturbation, it's all so normalized now. And so to hear somebody talk about purity, talk about self-control, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that just, I don't think people think about it that much about standards and going into it in a holy way. Are you religious? I am, yeah. <laughs> Christian? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Do you feel like other Christians your age feel that way? Or do they just talk the talk, but they don't actually believe it? Or what's, what's your thought about that? I think that people in the Christian worlds, as well as secular worlds, are doing something wrong too, unfortunately. And I think that a lot of Christians do talk the talk and not walk the walk, like you said, which is really sad. With your discussions with your mom and all of the thinking about it that you do and all of the research that you've done, what do you think young women could do to avoid becoming attached to abusive partners before they've had an opportunity to identify and consciously self-acknowledge the red flags? So <laughs> culture's going to hate this one. My biggest piece of advice for that is be very slow to be sexually involved. Sex is, is such a beautiful thing, and it's also a very bonding act. And even just physical affection in general, I think, is really bonding. And when you're discerning if a man is a safe partner or not, I do not think you need that kind of attachment getting in your way. I totally agree. Taking the time to identify those of us who have been in abusive relationships. Some of us, I, I saw some red flags. I did not know how to process them. I wasn't capable of saying like, oh, this is abuse. It was more like, oh, he's grumpy and this is happening. It's weird. And so I attributed it to stress or I attributed it to this or that thing. I, I wasn't capable of processing it correctly. Now, after enough time with him realizing, wait a minute, He's still acting like this. So that must not have been the reason, right? Like it took a long time for me to figure it out. So many women who listen to this podcast, they've been married for 10, 20, 30 years. Mine was seven. My ex actually had to get arrested before I figured out what was going on. And so knowing that you may get involved in an abusive relationship and that it's okay. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say to somebody, but like, because these things are hard to process or they're hard to understand or they're hard to perceive, it's okay if you find yourself in this situation. It's not okay for you. The abuse is not okay. I'm not trying to say like, it's okay to be abused. I'm just trying to say, don't blame yourself. Don't feel bad. Absolutely. Right? Think, oh, now I can see this. Now I can process this. And now I know what to do. Now I know I just can separate myself from this type of harm and get myself to safety. So 
it could be psychological, emotional, it could be sexual coercion, whatever that is. But knowing that these things take time, I married my ex five months after meeting him online and I'd only known him two months in person. It seemed like a dream come true and it was not. But I also know of women who dated their abusive husbands for years, like a year or two before they got married and everything seemed okay. And then they got married and it wasn't. So knowing that you could do everything you can and still end up in an abusive situation and that it's still not your fault. It's never your fault if you're abused. Absolutely. Still a hundred percent on him, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're never in the wrong for somebody else abusing you. Absolutely. These are just tools to help people hopefully avoid it. Some of these guys are just master manipulators. It's scary, you know, and I'm not above it. I've been manipulated. I've been lied to. And sometimes you just leave a relationship feeling like, oh, my gosh, how did I fall for that? You know, how was I so blind? And in the end, you're never wrong for caring. You're never wrong for wanting to believe the best in somebody. They broke your trust. They did you wrong. That's on them always. I wanted to say that because I thought I got married when I was 31. So at that point, I was like, I know I'm not going to marry an abuser. I thought I asked all the right questions. And then when it turned out that he was, I felt really stupid. I asked him about porn. I asked about all the things. And I thought I was marrying a really good guy. And then when I finding out that he wasn't, I... <laughs> felt really dumb and I don't I didn't need to feel that way. I was lied to and manipulated and and that was not my fault. Mm -hmm. However, had I taken more time and not been in such a hurry, then I may have been able to see it a little bit more. So that there is something to be said. Yeah, and that's also why I think it's really important to check their phone histories, to have their passcodes, to randomly check their their internet access because people lie. You cannot take the word of these people because trust is built over the span of years of them proving you that they're trustworthy. The day and age where you can just take somebody's word for it after, you know, a month of knowing them, even if you feel like you trust them, people are people are so good at manipulating and you've got to you've got to be mm -hmm. extra careful and go that extra step to make sure well, and I think that probably was always the case, right? The the 50-year-olds the listening, the 45-year-olds like me, the 70-year-old women listening to this podcast, they also needed to know what these things were. I think it's always been the case. Today, the, the thing that has exploded is their capacity for lying because of phones, because of devices. So they're much more capable of carrying on a double life or having a secret sexual basement with pornography or affairs or something else. It's easier today than it ever, ever has been in the history of time because they don't have to like slink out of the house at three o'clock in the morning to go pick up a magazine right yeah. at the triple X store. They can just access it on their phones. So that has changed. Yeah. From your perspective, is there anything you think parents should know to help their children who are dating? So I don't have a whole lot to say on this. You know, as a person who's not a parent, I don't want to give advice that I'm not sure is going to work. But I will say this. If you have a child and they have a device with internet on it, a cell phone, 
computer, a video game of some kind, you've got to have the passcodes to their devices and check them regularly because, you know, like I said before, there is such a dangerous world in the internet and kids can get into so much trouble and be living different lives that their parents have no idea about. So you've got to have access to their internet and what they're into. That's just the way it's got to be. I'm so grateful that you're sharing your thoughts with us and also with TikTok and that you're living your best life. Like, it's exciting. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all of the wonderful experiences and then the hard things, right, that are going to happen <laughs> through life. But it sounds like you've got a really good foundation to be able to deal with anything that comes your way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on Support the BTR Podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there 